0: Welcome to the Hope City Drip. This is a podcast where uh, Ben and I are going to be talking about. Uh, I feel like I've been introducing you instead of saying, "What's your name?" What's your name, Ben? What's your last name,
1: Parker? Ben Parker. Oh. Okay. <laughs> like, I
0: already don't know. were introducing. Yeah, you. yeah. Uh, my name is Nick Powell, and uh, we are doing a podcast for our local church, Hope City Church. And the purpose of this podcast is that we would be helpful. Uh, for those of you who like to digest your content on the go, whether you're working a job where you got a commute or whether you're a stay-at-home mom uh, and you're you know caring for littles running around your ankles, whatever you do, we hope this podcast is helpful for you to live for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Clinton. Uh, and on this podcast, I want to focus in a little bit more on the art of neighboring. Um, I like to think of Jesus' incarnation, um, the way that uh, eugene peterson paraphrased john one and he says that jesus uh the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood mm. i just love that that's good oh eugene just knows how to that's turn a phrase a, what a guy that's right he's not just typing he's <laughs> writing <laughs> mm-hmm. i heard him on an au- i was listening to an audiobook of eugene's it was his autobiography and he's like writers write and not just type it was like a quote from some famous writer and i'm just like come on you're just a little. I'm glad you didn't sneak that kind of stuff into the message. <laughs> so Jesus is uh, Jesus. Not only says truth, but he embodies truth. He lives it out, and so he calls us as Christians to live that out. So we we get this um, we get this picture of Jesus moving into the neighborhood to be near people. So Jesus. Uh, is the true and better uh, neighbor like his he's the best at the art mm-hmm. of neighboring and so that's just kind of like setting the scene square one I want to just like set the foundation for um where we're getting this stuff, like why would a local church be concerned with, you know, talking about the art of neighboring, you know, like why does it even matter, you know, like that we neighbor with Jesus' intentionality? Yeah. So number one, uh, Jesus neighbored uh, the incarnation, you could think of it that way, is the, the, the ultimate form of neighboring. He moved into the neighborhood. And then also the reason he moved into the neighborhood was to reach the lost. So Luke 19 says that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So the reason that he moved into the neighborhood was to reach the lost and then we have uh what tools or methods what was his strategy like how did jesus reach the lost well in luke it also says that the son of man came eating and drinking so food was a huge part of jesus's strategy and the his art of neighboring and then lastly jesus neighbored with joy so luke 15 we just went through this as a church uh, on sunday luke 15 is just full of parables where jesus is he's responding to the grumbling pharisees who are like man this is me paraphrasing man <laughs> i not think any of them said that well this is what the text says this said that uh, the pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying this man receives sinners and eats with them so then jesus hits him with three different stories and and one of the things woven into all these stories is that jesus uh like the picture of god that jesus gives um, in these stories, through these various characters, um, is that God fundamentally rejoices on his way to reach the lost. Like, it's not a, a frustrating task for God yeah. to be like, oh, man, I got to like get near these lost people, and I got to save them. And they're so frustrating because they're so lost. Like, that's not the way God goes about this thing. So uh, Jesus is a joyful uh, in his neighboring. And so that's... Those are, those. what is that, one, two, three, four things um, that I think lay the foundation, four sort of bricks there in our uh, understanding of neighboring. So what I want to do, I just want to kick around, how do you and I, not that we have all the answers, but how do you and I, or maybe maybe ways you've seen it work out uh, in real life, in your life, Mm -hmm. like how do you cultivate um, the Jesus way of neighboring? So... Let's, let's hit the first one. Uh, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. So uh, I I don't know that a lot of people think through uh, moving into a particular neighborhood with any sort of intentionality other than uh, is, is the house like a good economic decision? Yeah. You know, or is it in a safe neighborhood? Yeah. Uh, Does it have good schools? You know, those types of like sort of practical, is this good for my family? Mm -hmm. But if it's true that one that Jesus moved into areas where there was great need and lost people, um, how do you think that that should inform or how, how do you, how do you see that informing people's lives who are Christians moving into communities or neighborhoods or whatever?
1: I mean, it's pretty, if you want to be like Jesus and you move into the neighborhood where they're lost, that like idea of a safe neighborhood is probably not going to be one of your top questions because, If you're trying to reach a loss, a lot of times you're going to places where people aren't. Sure. And that's a rough neighborhood. Uh, I guess that's the first thing. And then, I don't know. I think, though, like, I'm trying to think of, yeah, because when you buy a house, you're not necessarily thinking of, like, oh, is Sally next door going to, you know, yell at my kids if a baseball gets on their yard? (laughs) So I think just setting a tone, like, once you move in and just, you know, Knocking on their door and saying hi, but just creating a presence, a welcoming presence, uh, first and foremost, and not just like sheltering yourself in your home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like one of the stories that I've read that's really resonated with me on this topic is C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce. He um, in that book, he it's a fictional book. All right. So everybody lay off me. All the theology and Nazis like lay off me on this. So but. C.S. Lewis, like he writes this book and he illustrates um, these people from hell who are given an opportunity to take a bus trip up to heaven and kind of see what it's like. And so they try to like persuade them, hey, this is actually better. And so one of the themes in that book is that people actually want what what shrivels them and what brings them down into, into the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. So it's this really interesting commentary on the human desires and the cravings for what's bad for us. But aside from that, what we see, um, is that in hell, it's like this endless suburban sprawl is like, it goes further and further out. Everybody can, anyone can have whatever they want in hell. And, uh, and so it's like, they, they can have, um, they can build whatever house in whatever neighborhood they want. Well, inevitably they don't get along. And so they get in fights with their neighbors and then they end up moving further out. And that just keeps happening over and over and over and over again until there's like, like they one of them was asking, does Napoleon live down here? And they were looking through a giant telescope to see Napoleon because they're like, yeah, you see that little light off in the distance? That's Napoleon. And so over the generations, People have just moved further and further out. So literally, the picture of hell that C.S. Lewis gives is suburbia. So I just find that to be interesting. I'm I'm just gonna put that there, and you know, I don't know, I don't think that'll trigger too many people in Clinton. We're not like a suburban area. Yeah, and like we're not a yeah. And I don't think that. All I'm saying is, it's good to it's good to like typically when people make a decision to move into a neighborhood, they're not thinking how does this. How would Jesus want me to do this? Like, Mm -hmm. if Jesus is my Lord, then in obedience to his Lordship, like, how would that influence the way that I move into a neighborhood? Yeah. And most of the time, I just hear people say what I also feel, which is, I just want to be somewhere away from all the trouble. I just want to relax and have a good time with my home, Mm -hmm. chill in the backyard. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus came and hung out with some tough folks. So... I don't know. Like one of the things that we did, which I don't, I don't think is like the perfect way to do it, but we just wanted to be in in Clinton, like we didn't want to live out in the country, and because uh, I don't work in the country, I don't. I'm not a farmer. I don't work in the rural areas connected to the rural economy, things like that. I wanted to be next to people, and that was a strategic decision that my family and I we came to and said, "Hey, we want to reach people. We want to be able to neighbor with folks that are like." within uh, waving distance and saying hi to one another at the mailbox. So um, that's one way in which I think we can reflect the heart of Jesus is to just say, hey, we want to move where there's people. Yeah. Uh, And I'm not saying that if you move into the country, then you're sinning. But I am saying that there could be a sinful desire behind that, right? Like we are creatures full of mixed motives, and it could be a purely selfish desire to say, I want to live somewhere where there's nobody. Yeah. Well, it's like well if we're trying to mirror our lives off of jesus that's just not how that's not what drove him so mm-hmm. let's move to the second one so i feel like i frustrated everyone who lives in the suburbs um so jesus neighbored to the lost so how how then like how can we cultivate practically how could like how can we make decisions um as the weather's getting warmer we're getting outside we're iowans right like this is the time of year we come alive after the pollen starts, like after after, after we get decimated after the allergies, by allergies go away, then. yeah. But when we start having the the barbecues and the like hanging out outside, like, what are some ways we can cultivate the practice of prioritizing like the lost? And for the record, the lost is anyone that doesn't know Jesus. Yeah, it doesn't it, rich or poor, uh, color of the skin, whatever. Everything does none of that. It's anyone can be lost.
1: I guess thinking of the neighbor topic, uh, just being intentional to. Oh, what's the word? I'm not, identify. Um, interact with, I guess, your, your neighbors if you see them out. Like, if they're out for a walk or getting their mail or grilling or going to the garage, like, don't run them down and, hey, brother, how's it going? <laughs> like, you
0: know, don't do that. Let me but. tell you about our <laughs> Lord and Savior, Jesus you you Christ. You got time to talk? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so quick story, real quick. I was handing out flyers. We did this thing called the neighborhood pop up so it was just our attempt to bring people together build relationship in our own neighborhood so i was handing out flyers because i wanted our neighbors to come to it and i'm like well i don't know any other way than to go door to door and you got to be careful going door to door because you know like there's you, bad people. did you wear, wear
1: all black just to like not like trigger people
0: what with like a like a like, collar well no <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, oh, you like, just be like like, like, like not, black like, t-shirt yeah and not My like uniform? A, yeah, pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> but not like a white
0: like yeah, I t- shirt. I like, tried to look a little less. Yeah, so somebody was like, I, I came up to a door and someone was like, I said, I'm not selling anything because I could tell the look that I was getting. And they're like, oh, okay, we're just, as long as you're not a Jehovah's Witness. And I was like, well, I am a Christian. I didn't want him to think that, like, I didn't have any angle here. Like, I do yeah. love you and I'm trying to, like, introduce you to things that I think would bring you life. Namely, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, but I feel like neighboring as a Christian with intentionality, like it, it's been done in so many ways that's cliche. Yeah. And so I think that's what turns people off. It's like, oh, I don't want to. some forced, awkward conversation with some young, some young kid who's trying to convince me to read the Bible. You know, it's like, well, there's more to it than that, right? Mm-hmm. Like re- neighboring with intentionality isn't just give giving someone like a canned gospel presentation and then running off. Well, I think it's
1: like how we were talking about, Oh gosh, I think in the fall when we talked about just like the ministry of presence and not even with people that are lost, not even like, uh, you know, speaking the gospel over them right away, but just like loving them. And then like when it's time, you know, like gain their trust and then like sit down and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, but like just even in a gospel comes with a house key. You're saying that that talk in that book that they, that that's what the people did for for Rosario. And, uh, but I mean, think of the people in our church that their neighbor, their, the house that they're in now, they like sought out their neighbor and they take them to school and bring them, have them over for dinner and all this stuff. I don't know the origin of that, of how that all happened, but he's pretty intentional with with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like that. Just, I think just probably started with a simple conversation of seeing them out and Hey, how's it going? Where the, where the Millers. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. Introducing yourself and just putting a smile on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Not like a cheesy crappy smile, but like, a, yeah, like a real one, like a real smile.
0: Yeah. Um, well, because you're like, you're trying to I don't know, like, so reaching the loss, like you're, you got to build a relationship with somebody who doesn't know G like having friends who aren't Christians. is just a good thing. Yeah. And you typically, you know, typically at church is going to be all Christians. Right. And so if you're only going to church and being around people there and then hanging out with people like church friends, then you're only going to be interacting with Christians your entire life. Mm-hmm. And so your neighbors typically don't make the, like like the neighborhood is still this place of great, uh, I think like diversity of thought, you know, it may not be like diverse culturally, but it's diverse of like people's thoughts and opinions about things Mm. vary from household to household. So your neighbor right next to you could be, uh, you know, a retired pastor. And on the other side, it could be like a really passionate atheist. And so you have like this diversity that wouldn't exist otherwise. In most of the places you go to, you know, and so right there, it's like you have this common bond of like literal common ground, you know, like you're on the same piece of land. Like, hey, Bill, how you doing? Like the those whirly wigs are really filling up our yards, and then you can bond over that stuff. And then it's like, well, yeah, like I care about my neighborhood because Jesus does. Yeah. And then there you go, you're off and running. Um, it's a lot easier said than done, but I oh, think yeah. what you're saying is little things done over a long period of time. Little really things with intention. Yeah, with intentionality. Like you're you're aiming in the right direction. Yeah. Not just like spewing out actions, hoping that something sticks. What is the aim? Like what's the end goal of neighboring well with somebody who's lost? Uh,
1: Being able to share the gospel with them in an intentional and authentic way uh, that relates to them, that's going to relate to their story. Yeah. and But sticking through that with them instead of just like, batoning, like handing off the gospel and then walking away and like, ah, we're not neighbors anymore. Like, yeah. Onto the next side. You know, it's like, but just like creating that
0: relationship with them and then like seeing it through and discipling, you know, through. Yeah. That's a good word. I, I like the phrase long obedience in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's another Eugene Peterson thing. He's coming up a lot as I'm talking. I must be reading a lot of Eugene Peterson. But he he says, long obedience in the same direction. And I think that it's like what Jesus says when he's asked about the kingdom of God. And Jesus says in Luke, like, the kingdom of God is unseen. So, like, it's it's unseen, yet it's in your midst. Mm -hmm. And so what he's saying is that the kingdom of God is manifest in the person of Jesus and in his disciples. And so um, the unseen stuff is what frustrates, I think, a lot of people. Because it's like... Well, I want to see the fruit of my labor like if I'm doing something with intentionality I want it to lead somewhere and so you know small talk or talk about the weather might frustrate people who are like really gung-ho for like let's get this dude saved yeah you know and a lot of times it's not the way God works like especially people who have baggage in the church it's you know baggage with Christians or the church or or whatever they're just life their life is tough and so they have a lot of reservations to engage in new relationships
1: Yeah, I think also with like reaching the lost and not saying this is just a thing for like people that aren't saved or know Jesus that can happen to anyone, but creating that relationship for when, you know, they come to the end of themselves or some form of life suffering happens or a life event happens. Like you can be there with them and then show them like the means of support and peace through Jesus. Right. And be there for them. Right. And not instead of just like... I don't know, I think, yeah, it just all comes down to that, like, ministry of presence
0: yeah, aspect. But,
1: uh, like, showing them instead of just telling
0: them. Yeah, exactly. And that's the cool benefit of being a neighbor to somebody, yeah. is they get to see the way that, you know, you parent, like, they get little glimpses of the way you parent, you know? And yeah. if you put stripes in your lawn. <laughs> Darn right. It's little, they see your actions, they see just your way of life. You did? Oh, yeah. Excellent. So using food, let's move on to that one. Jesus-neighbored using Don't food. Don't want to talk about lawn stripes anymore? Okay, <laughs> I cool. feel like we're trying to cut wow. this podcast into a manageable amount. And so let's... All right, stay uh, tuned next week, lawn, lawn striping about, and Jesus. That's right, mowing your lawn with <laughs> Jesus intentionality. Uh, Luke 7.34 um, says, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And so Jesus' strategy to reach people was using food. And uh, and I find that to be interesting like how, what are some ways that you've experienced that like you using food to bring people together I think that when I got saved I joined a life group and it's
1: just like what we do with CG and it's over a meal mm-hmm. And you're cooking together. You're sharing like bringing food You want to cook something great to almost impress these people, you know that You barely yeah. know and like show off your little skills, but you're oh, all did you make this from scratch yeah. Yes, oh I year, did. yeah not store-bought and, <laughs> but like just all those like little moments like that those small details that like go into that uh-huh. that like create a loving environment and then just creates this atmosphere of like trust and vulnerability as well so a lot of life for me has been done through that yeah um i think with that too like i was intentional to want that i needed that and i knew i needed that right. so i was like I wasn't eager to like go find it, but I was in it and I was like, all right, this is going to be my, for my benefit mm-hmm. instead of just kind of like lingering back and like just taking the cake and going home. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the dessert, Karen. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I think just around food, it's such an easy way. Like everyone eats some right. sort of calories. Most yeah, days. I mean, you got to eat like, or you're going to die. Yeah. So, so like, that's what our common thing is, whether it doesn't matter if you're a vegan, you know, only eat meat, whatever. Like at some point, you're gonna eat calories. Yeah, we can have anything. Right, we're gonna bring people together to do that. That's right.
0: Yeah, I mean, food's a great equalizer, and you and know, water. Everyone's got to drink that's water. Right. I mean, jeez, yeah. So, Jesus is the living water and the bread of life. So, the food, <clears throat> food stuff is is just. It's even more um, doable when you're thinking about neighboring. Well, it's like, I don't know how many how many people in this neighborhood probably have a smoker. You know, it's like, I got some pork butt in the smoker. Well, think of like when you were,
1: we don't do as much anymore, but, um, kind of like think of like, leave it to beaver, like that era. Yeah. And like someone moved in next door, like you'd bring them a roll or
0: like uh, cookies or something like that. Like it's all food. Yeah. It's like, Hey, like, where are your neighbors? Here's some calories. Like, so that happened in Des Moines when we moved in like five years ago, someone came over with the Casey's pizza. Nice. Yeah. That's. That's some love right there. Right. That's some contextualization to Iowa. Uh, that was great. So th- that leads into the next thing. Uh, neighboring with joy is what Jesus did. So I think what hangs up, if I, I would venture to say the reason that why people don't do this is because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. It, they don't believe that it's for their joy to neighbor with intentionality because their house is their castle, and that's where they watch TV, and that's where they relax from work mm-hmm. and recoup, and the house is for them. And so you know those dang kids throwing the football against the siding, that's that's got to stop because you know I can't be distracted. Yeah. So neighboring with joy is what Jesus did. How do like how do you cultivate like how do you how do you cultivate like jo- Do you cultivate joy when you're thinking about? I guess doing this, things like this not
1: necessarily with me. This reminds me of um, one of my favorite commercials on TV right now is a it's a Dodge Ram commercial okay and this guy has like the fancy dodge ram you know and he's driving down the street and he waves to the old man sitting on his wooden porch swing yeah and then a storm comes through and a tree lands like on his house and then knocks down the porch swing and breaks it and stuff so he's driving by the next day and sees the tree so he pulls over gets out his work gloves out of the fancy compartment that's right and helps him clean up helps the old man clean up but then he's also a woodworker plot twist whoa with the tree he builds a new swing for the guy and goes hangs and sets it up for him without the guy knowing. Oh wow. So like, and like, because he has the Dodge Ram, he can
0: haul all that
1: yeah. stuff around. And because he's a Dodge Ram, he instinctively knows how to build a wooden right, swing. Right, exactly. So, uh, you had to I ordered one. I ordered one, you know. Well every, done. Just every neighbor needs a wooden swing. Yeah. But it just reminds me like that just came to mind like the with joy. Like he sought out his neighbor, like he knew his neighbor was had had an issue and yeah. he, he sought out with joy to go help him out. And then it brought him joy to create something for his. Daughter. That's
0: right. That's actually a, a really good way to illustrate. So, you know, Jesus. Yeah. Because if you bought a Dodge Ram after watching that commercial, it's because you, you would think that your life would be fundamentally more full, abundant, joyful. Mm-hmm. You'd be living the good life with that Dodge Ram. Those marketing people are, that's right. They give you, they know that you make decisions not based on what's reasonable but based on what you desire, Mm -hmm. like in your gut. I just want that. Mm -hmm. I want to live in that type of kingdom, you know, where I have a Dodge Ram and I'm able to fix old man's porches. (laughs) Well, Jesus appeals to the same desires in human beings, right? He says, come follow me and uh, you may have abundant life. Like Jesus is calling us into this. He calls it, uh, my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. That's a language in John. And so that was a missing link in my own personal life, like, growing up in the church. I didn't think that Jesus actually wanted me to be happy. I thought he just wanted me to like do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas the shift that I think really makes the difference is like actually seeking Karen down the street who doesn't know God. And, and as if you got to know her, she's really kind of lonely. Her kids don't live around here and you know, the neighborhood's changed and so she's just kind of alone. I mean like spending a little time like with Karen inviting her over maybe for a block party or I don't know. Those types of things could open up the door for the possibility for greater intimacy, not only with your relationship with her and with the neighborhood, but with God.
1: Yeah. I think this is also, this can be done in a COVID context too, for people that like not no shame. If you don't still feel comfortable yet being around others Mm -hmm. or if your neighbor doesn't like if you do like, let's say Karen next door, you know, is still feeling a little weird about that. Mm-hmm. You can still bring her cookies or, you know, write her letters or like, I think the easiest right. way to do is if you have kids, it's like a cheat code. Like yeah. they could like write notes or like have a chalkboard and do the Taylor Swift, like through the window. And like, it's That's a music classy. Taylor Taylor Swift music video, cultural reference. Dude, you're dropping all the pop culture. <clears throat> We're kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> T Swift. Um, but just like, you know, little things like we've talked about little details in the right direction, just yeah. with intentionality and just checking in on them. Cause you don't know if she has any kids, if her kids don't talk to her, right. you know what, what her situation is. And like, that can mean the world to her. Right. And then it's like, once she feels comfortable, she can come over and then you could just like throw revelation at her, whatever your game plan is for there you go. saving. But
0: yeah, that's something to be said. Yeah. If you're, if you're out there and you're continually, you know, you're still cautious about COVID. Um, yeah, like I think more power to you. Like let's, let's, let's get back to a place where this community can all be healthy and flourishing. Yeah. And that's going to take, you know, us all working as a team and not like, well, I don't think masks, I think it's all a hoax or, or, or the other side, you know, saying like, I never, no one should leave their house ever. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> I just see, you're this. not forgotten. Yeah. If
1: you aren't, if you personally don't feel safe yet, being around others or in whatever
0: context, you are not forgotten. Yeah. And yeah. And that's what we're trying to communicate to people in general Mm -hmm. is that God sees you. Yeah. And, um, and, and if we can show that and we live that in some way, that's creative, you know, like I saw, this was cheesy, total like local news cheesy, but I saw a a video, a little story where it was a bunch of old timers in a old neighborhood cul-de-sac and every, you know, when the pandemic started, they got together mm. and they sat there on their lawn chairs and they had, they visited after their dinner time uh, meal. And, and then they just visited for like an hour or whatever. Well, they've been doing it every day since they like, didn't know it. Like some of them didn't even know each other. And then now they like, they can't go without it because it's their lifeline of, yeah. of relationship. And so that's all with social distancing and eating their own food. And so it's possible, you know, it's, it's totally possible. And I think that that's it's a good point to raise. Okay. This is because that's the whole point for me and my perspective as a church leader is that I want people to see that like mission is possible. It's totally doable. It's, it's not to, mission impossible. Oh my gosh. It's mission beow, is possible. Let's wrap up. Beow, beow. So what's your hope for like someone listening to this who's like <clears throat> okay, Ben and Nick, like I I'm I'm bought into this Jesus way. I want to reach my neighbors and I want to neighbor well. Like, what is what is one thing I can focus on and do right now? What what
1: can you do that will bring you joy in doing that?
0: So it's like, I don't want to tell someone to go,
1: you know, bake cookies and bring them to their neighbor and they don't know how to bake or they don't have time to bake. Like, oh, that's a good they're point. just going yeah. like, to this, like, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you brought up a good point on Sunday in your sermon about uh, Luke 15 and how many times he says like the references to joy mm-hmm. and seeking out the lost. It wasn't like a pain to go do it. Right. And so I think just finding a way that's joyful for you to do that, to meet, to meet them in that area or right. that you can get creative and, and to do that and just to help people and reach people. Yep. Um, I can't say, you know, a list because everyone's different. So, right. You know, think it through, pray it through, whatever. But, yeah. um,
0: there you go. That's good. That's really good. So there's this book, Simplest Way to Change the World, that I think is just really good. It's it, That's one of the emphasis that he puts in there is that is that hospitality, this kind of hospitality uh, way of life that we're talking about, is totally doable, and you don't have to be perfect. So I think remembering the gospel is also like really key as we're thinking through this because there's this uh, false gospel that's in in a lot of this stuff is like i have to bake a certain level of cookie yeah or i have to throw a certain level of party or my house has to be certain like cleanliness or artistic or, or whatever like everything's yeah. got to be perfect and I, I just don't see that anywhere in the bible i think that uh striving for creativity um i think is good and i think doing things well is good like it's God gives us this beautiful world to steward, and it's beautiful to bake good cookies, but by no means are you justified, yeah, but before the Lord, based on your performance in baking dope cookies and inviting the neighbors to your house, so start small is what I would say, like you know i I would venture to guess based on my anecdotal evidence, I don't have a statistic to quote, but I would guess most people don't know their neighbors, yeah, like at all, so I think the first step introduce yourself to your neighbors, uh, in whatever way that might be possible. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I've I've lived here for so long, but this is kind of embarrassing, but my name is Nick and I I don't believe we've met before. Like, yeah, get, get over yourself. If like
1: you're thinking like, Oh, like I can't do that. I've lived like, we both lived in this neighborhood for 50 years and I don't know. Like, Oh well. Yeah. Like the best, the best time to plant a tree was Fifty years ago, the second best time is right now. Yeah, so you know <laughs>
0: that's good. That's right. really good. So, <laughs> so start small. Anything else? I think that's good. Who do you think is a better neighbor,
1: Jesus or Mister Rogers?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Jesus, <laughs> Mister Rogers tried to be like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it all leads back. To it Jesus.
1: all leads all back rows. to Jesus. All right, to Jesus. We should have put on red Wonderful. cardigans for this. <laughs> for we
0: should have, <laughs> yeah. I'll scratch this. We'll we'll refilm. Okay, let's do it. Uh, well, let's. I mean, I'm. We're passionate about this because we think that at the heart of living the way of Jesus is living this way through the table ministry. Jesus did that, and so, you know, whether you're a uh, part of Hope City Church listening to this, or whether you're uh, just tuning in, you are kind of like just want to see what these guys are talking about Jesus. And uh, I just we just hope that this podcast is helpful. Help for you to live for the glory of Jesus and the joy of our local community here.